Hi there, welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast. Today, we're going to be covering The Mandalorian Chapter 12, The Siege. My name is Dan, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ed. You. And Noma. Hello there. How's it going, guys? Yeah, it's going pretty well. I feel like we have a lot more energy today. Yeah, I'm awake. (laughs) (laughs) Last week we were falling asleep. Today we can't go to sleep. Exactly. All right. Ed, do you want to tell... balance of power turns. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to tell the listeners what we're going to be talking about today about Mandalorian Chapter 12? Yes, we are discussing the siege and what happened, what may happen... And as many Easter eggs as we could find. I am hoping you guys can come up with a few because I will say right now, honestly, there's maybe one or two. And I don't even know if they're considered Easter eggs at this point because it was just so blatantly thrown there. Not like, oh, notice that thing in the background. Other than, you know, new Starbucks cup guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we (laughs) uh, saw him afterwards. But yeah, I Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping we can. But if you saw some that we don't mention, you can definitely get in contact with us and tell us what you saw. And Noma's going to tell you how to do that. Yes, I can. So if you don't catch this now, don't worry. We'll go over it again at the end of the podcast. But there's a lot of ways to get in contact with us. First is our email, which is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. We've also got a Twitter, which is at voiceforcepod. Uh, a website, which is www.voiceoftheforce.com. And you can listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Before we get into the uh, real quick plot points for Chapter 12, just want to point out to everybody that we are going to be very spoiler-heavy on this podcast so if you haven't seen chapter 12 pause go watch that episode and then come back to listen because we will be uh talking as if we're assuming you've already seen the episode so you know uh if you haven't you're going to get spoiled a lot so you know there's your warning and with that being said let's get into the plot points Let's try this again. Okay, did do you have the wire? No, nothing. Hey. Okay. Did you get the wire out? The red wire? No, no. No, the red one. Show me the red wire. The red one. Yes, good. Now, you're going to plug that red wire where the blue wire goes in the board. Put the red wire where the blue wire goes in the board, okay? But don't let them touch. See where you took the blue one off? Yes. Now, put the red one... No, don't don't put the blue one back. Put the red one where the blue one was and put the blue one where the red one was. But be careful. They're oppositely charged, so keep them away from each other. Make sure you hold them apart from... No, hold them apart. Are you okay? Well, it was worth a shot. 
So uh, the episode starts off with a cute, funny scene where uh, Din and the child are trying to repair the Razor Crest, and the child's in there because it's it's a tiny area that Mando can't get into. Uh, there's a lot of you know a lot of back and forth. He doesn't quite understand and ends up kind of shocking himself a little bit. And uh, you know Din's first response is to ask if he's okay, which is nice. And from there they decide they have to go to Navarro to get real repairs. So from there, we transition back to the Mandalorian covert, which has now been abandoned, and go back to the armorer's room. And there's Aqualish that are have kind of set up there, and we can tell they're evil Aqualish because they're about to kill a living little ferret creature. Noma, are they ever and, good Aqualish? Because I don't think we've ever seen a nice Aqualish. That's a good point. We have all of them in Pondababa to choose from. Oh, so. and Pondababa's like a, a well-known criminal <laughs> that's running yeah, from right. The Empire or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Has <laughs> the death penalty on 12 system. Well, that's the other guy, actually. But still. Um, yeah, but the, the little furry creature is saved by Cara Dune, who comes storming in and, and absolutely wipes them out. And uh, then kind of adopts this little furry creature. It looks like a, a meerkat, basically. Uh, but I guess it's some space version of a meerkat. Anyways, we see the Razor Crest land in its new incredibly sad shape. The Yeah, the Mon Calamari did not do a good job at repairs, but the Mando meets back up with Grief and Kara and kind of fills them in on the situation where Grief has now gone back to being Magistrate and Kara is now the Marshal of Navarro. They head into town as uh, the mechanics start to look on the ship and one of the mechanics is a Mimbonese and Mimbanese. it focuses on... The, or Mimbanese? Yeah, wow, you, I, you I know Solo that. with uh, Mimbon? <laughs> When they're doing the siege of Mimban. Oh, I that's forgot that planet. That's what it was oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, and I've learned something. Uh, little tidbit for that, just for you, Noma. Um, in squadrons, mm. your captain on the Republic side is Mimbanese. Oh, okay. He cannot stop talking about that battle. It gets annoying, like really annoying. <laughs> um, I'll have to pick up squadrons and experience that, I guess. So from there, they go to drop off the baby at where the, or the, the child, sorry, not the baby, off at the uh, bar, which has now been converted into a school. And the child has a little gag where he steals some, they, they're, they literally just look like space macarons, macaroons. Uh, and it's a, it's a nice transition from the last time we saw the city. They, they drop a couple of Easter eggs there with the hiding way, uh, Coruscant, Chandrilla, and uh, the Maelstrom. And all that kind of stuff, which is really cool and and very interesting to to hear them kind of opening up the universe again. Uh, they then go to visit uh, Mithral, who was the uh, person that the Mando captured in the first episode of season one, who is now an accountant and has a 350 year debt to pay off. And apparently he can't see out of his left eye from the carbonite freezing, which is an interesting thing that we'll we'll talk about in the discussion. But Grief basically says that he wants the Mando's help to get rid of the last Imperial remnants that are on uh, the planet, and they're holed up in some magma flats just outside of town. So the Mando agrees to, in exchange for the repairs and because they're friends and all that. So they head over to the base, which is, they explain, powered by a reactor, so the plan is to overload it and leave. And uh, Mithril and Grief argue about Mithril staying. There, there's some back and forth, and... Eventually, he, Grief kind of uh, bribes him by offering to take off an accumulation of 130 years off of his debt. So they try to get in, can't get in. Din uses his jetpack to fly up to the actual base, 
and uh, basically unlocks the manages to unlock the door for them after a while. There, there's a lot of you know we'll we'll skip over all, all the minutia, but basically they get inside and uh, manage to overload the reactor. On the way out, they run into some scientists who uh, try to destroy the console that that they're uh, using, but they're able to get a little bit of information out of the uh, console and they they learn a little bit about the plans. We see the scientist from season one, and he's talking about they reintroduced midichlorians as M count and talking about the experiments that they're doing. Again, we'll talk about that more in the discussion because we, we've got some theories about that. And so the the Mando and uh, the Kara, Grief, and uh, Mithral all go uh, basically split up. Mando goes his own way, flies up through the top, and uh, the rest basically have to steal a Imperial transport to actually get out. And through that scene, we get a, a cool little chase scene with uh, the the Imperial transport versus what's first a bunch of speeder bikes. And then once they get rid of those guys, it becomes a bunch of Outlander or Outland TIE fighters. And they look like they're not going to make it, but Din has managed to off-screen get back to the Razor Crest. He shows up, we get an awesome dogfight, and it basically, the scene ends with him uh, destroying the Outland TIE fighters, and Grief asking if he's going to stick around, and Mando says, no, I've got places to be, but thanks for the help. And he kind of takes off past them and flies off to the horizon, to their next destination. And uh, yeah, we got a, after that, we got a nice little ending scene where we see Appa again, and he basically asks Grief about what happened, and Grief just just plays dumb the whole time, and, you know, is basically covering for Din. And then afterwards, Appa has a, a, a kind of nice moment with Kara where it looks like they kind of... Uh, they kind of bond a bit. He talks about her joining the New Republic and she's not interested, but uh, he basically leaves a medal or a badge for her and then leaves. And uh, we also get a little bit of, of talk about how uh, the New Republic, well, specifically Appa, is aware that something's going on in the Outer Rim and something with the Empire, but they they can't help it if they don't have local support is kind of what he's trying to get at. And, uh, oh, I forgot about the last part. That That's a shame on me, which is the lead-up to the next parts, where we we finally get to see an Architens-class cruiser in live action, and it looks, oh, it looks super yeah, nice. It looks awesome. So nice. I'm so, so happy. So happy we get to see it in live action. And uh, so there we have a lieutenant talking to the Mimbanese mechanic from earlier, and it turns out that they planted a tracking beacon on the Razor Crest. And uh, from there, she goes to report to Gideon, who is standing in some sort of staging or prep room. And we get an interesting shot of the uh, very interesting, just just hidden enough so we can't fully see what, what he's looking at, shot of what let's, looks to be sets of armor or what we might think they are, which we'll talk about very soon. Gideon. The tracking beacon has been installed on the Razor Crest. Does he still have the asset? Yes. Our source confirmed it. And we will be ready.
yeah, that was a hell of an episode. Like that was mm -hmm. a lot of fun to watch. Um, definitely a transition episode, but uh, very interesting with different plot points kind of trickled within it and some really mm -hmm. cool fight scenes and new um, uh, Imperial vessels that we get to see. It's just, a, it's a lot of awesomeness. And uh, the the VFX in this episode are so good. The visual effects paired with the practical effects were awesome. Mm -hmm. So, you guys ready to talk about what we noticed in this episode? Hell yeah. Let's do it. So, uh, I guess first point is Cara Dune is, <laughs> has bulked up uh, in this episode. She is a juggernaut oh, yeah. of sorts. Uh, she looks awesome. And she, like, definitely don't want to mess with her. <laughs> As we saw with the four Aqualish <laughs> that were in the uh, the basement there. Uh, that was That was something. Oh, yeah, that was. And there's an interesting thing with that where we were kind of talking about it a little bit, but in at the specifically with the Aqualish, at the end of the episode, they're showing concept art, and it looks like the ferret thing could breathe fire because it's it's like in the concept art, it's, it's breathing fire on one of the guys, the Aqualish. And I, I just kind of pointed this out to Dan because one of the Aqualish in that fight is burned at the end. Like, they linger on him, and his face is burned. And I was like, how did that, when did that happen? So I was curious if they just cut out the ferret breathing fire or the meerkat thing breathing fire, um, but they still kept that basically in. Yeah, I think that was the thing. I'm just kind of probably what happened. Yeah, because in the in the go ahead, Ed. I thought he got hit by a blaster bolt at that point, so I was just like, okay, I I figured it was something. I was just within the chaos of the firefight, I just didn't notice. Yeah, the ferret. Mm. I looked so, I looked back in the fight, and the the ferret thing didn't breathe fire, but like you said, in the in the credits, we see the um, the concept art, and it's breathing fire on his face <laughs> in the concept mm -hmm. art. See, that that would be good, like poetic justice. You want to cook me, I cook you. Exactly. Yeah, right. Everything, you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and then switching back to Cara Dune, I, I find it kind of, I guess, a little bit ironic because she looks more swole than she did in uh, Deadpool, where her character's power was just like super strength. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, now like, but yeah, oh my god, it, it's 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 a nice change. The fact that like, she is the marshal after all. Yeah, right. So it, it fits her character, and man, that was it was just cool to see. Basically, just her being that that jacked up, and kind of shows what she's been doing since we last saw her, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the next thing we see is a code cylinder, um, which is a throwback. I'm sure it's in the the EU as well, but from what I remember, it's from the episodes in rebels the tv series where agent callus is doing some recon uh against thrawn and he has to use somebody else's code cylinder or something like that um to unlock thrawn's door to get in um so i thought that was really cool that they kept those in and they were kind of brought back in this mm. um we also get midichlorians are back um which is nice so who else really kind of got a imploded face when they tried to cover oh the m count and you immediately knew like there yeah. was no there was nothing <laughs> of that he was like oh the m count and I, I immediately was just like ugh, really i actually really? i didn't i didn't mind it because like it is canon technically it's in episode yeah. one it's there mm -hmm. yeah and you know they were talking about master yoda having you know, a lot of midichlorians as well. And it was kind of cool to bring that back in regards to a child, which it's is just, the same race. Like, I thought that was a pretty good little, like, 
Easter egg, but also like it, they didn't say, "Oh, the midichlorians." They just said the M count. So I don't, I don't like, know. So I why it was don't... a little nod. Easter egg at this there. point, whenever a baby's born, why don't you just test it then? Like, I'm surprised this isn't being done all over. It's just like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. well, you have, have a, a specific, high account. They have a specific um, interest in this, right? That's what's going on here is, like, they have a specific interest in all this stuff. And I guess the the Old Republic with the in episode one, two, and three, um, they might have been the only ones that did the midichlorian thing, I would assume. And then that transitioned into the Empire, so they would have that technology. But I don't know if everybody else would. Like the, the the only other thing I could kind of see is it's like maybe midichlorians only like maybe the M count only works at a certain age. True. Maybe. I mean, he maybe, is right. 50. Like maybe they only develop at a certain point. But that is still a good point. If you know that these things exist, there should be you'd think there'd be some sort of standardized testing as opposed to yeah. the current method, which is maybe a Jedi will find you. Mm-hmm. Well, I, like I said, like I think it's the the Empire. We've talked about suppression of information before um, and how the Empire, like, was a Republic, turned into the Empire, and they suppressed all the Jedi information and stuff like that. So I could totally see them since, you know, if they're sticking to their guns on that, that they, you know, would keep the midichlorian testing to their own thing, like their own stuff, especially with the Empire, Mm -hmm. the Emperor in charge. Um, Yeah, but but I feel like he'd still want, like, I feel like at that point it'd be more like an XCOM two kind of thing where it'd be like oh yeah come by these like uh like gene clinics and you know we'll make you like free empire testing to make you guys better and then every once in a while someone disappears kind of thing well the empire is more blatant than that they just go out and steal people like that's what we saw in the clone wars right we saw palpatine going out and taking the baby just taking people's babies Mm. and having them on yeah yeah. so i don't think they even like want to hide it (laughs) they're just like we're just gonna take your kids yeah, I guess so. It's just, it just—it feels like that would be more, um, you know, useful for them. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Cost-effective, too. productive, but I, I, that's also—I guess—that's kind of nitpicky. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say like, it coming back as M count. It's—it's it's like for me, it was—it was an eye roll moment where it's like, oh, okay, we're doing midichlorians again. But I feel like if they were gonna bring it back, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, mm. we also see, um, the reactor shaft when they're in the, um, uh, the base. And as soon as we see that and we look down, we see the lava and everything. I'm like, oh, that reminds me of the Kanan versus the Grand Inquisitor fight from Star Wars Rebels too. It's like the reactor's blowing up and the, uh, Inquisitor's like holding on to the, the catwalk and Kanan's there and the, and the Grand Inquisitor just like lets go and falls into the fire. I mean, it just looked mm-hmm. almost identical to that. I thought it was really cool um, when we see when we look down into the the magma and the lava there. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I also thought it was a, a nice callback to Episode Four as well, right? Because they have that same. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Where he was trying to edge along the side of it, being like, "Oh God!" Oh, you mean like, uh, Obi Wan? Yeah, yeah, on yeah, the Death just, Star. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that was a really cruel thing to do from unnecessarily because, like, <laughs> out of you all, of, out like he's. He's the one that looks the most, you know, um, not Atlantean. It's he needs uh, moisture to survive, and if he's walking exactly. over top of magma and, and lava, send him over the magma pit. It's just like <laughs> that's a dick move, guys. They were being a dick to Mithril the entire show. Yeah, rightfully so to a degree. Like he tried to like take Grief's money and leave, um, and stuff yeah. like that. So 
But yeah, no, they, they were also, in a dick room the entire time. Speaking of Mithril, though, that was something, uh, like I pointed out in the plot points, though, that I thought was interesting is because we were talking, I think we, we talked about it for Mandalorian season one because we were all surprised that you could have such a compact carbonite, uh, like, you know, carbonite freezing chamber yeah. in a ship. That's pretty cool. And, it, and, you know, it turns out here we learn that Mando's carbon freezing chamber can cause uh you know carbonite freezing damage yeah especially since he wasn't frozen for that long like mm -hmm. what we learn in the old lords like han's been frozen for months or something like that and sometimes and like you'll find people that are frozen who have been frozen for years like it happened mm -hmm. to well i guess this is legends now but boba fett's wife yeah uh yeah, she yeah. got caught in carbon freeze and she she had carbon sickness and she was blind for a bit but not for, like she recovered Mm -hmm. Right, this guy was in there for all of like a hyperspace jump, and now he can't see out of one left eye still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to me that now we, we've kind of got some you know very very quick detail, but detail in the fact that yes, it is it is a quick freeze. Like it is, I'm sure, very convenient for him, but it can actually hurt his uh, you know his prisoners, and mm -hmm. it also kind of goes to show you know why they were making all those procedures in empire right to make sure that that luke wouldn't get hurt when he was carbon frozen yeah mm -hmm. and testing it on han and all that kind of and stuff they had a right? huge it, facility it kind for of... it yeah exactly well to be fair though for that one they do say in empire that it's a carbon freezing chamber that's not designed for people yeah yeah and so that that is then that is then the difference between carbon freezing in empire versus clone wars right is mm -hmm. that that clone and when they're frozen for the citadel that is actually like a carbon freezing chamber designed for people. Interesting. And then it just Swotor, I don't know. <laughs> Swotor is Swotor. And then you had an arm freaking carbonite carbonite spray at that right? point. So it's just like, you know what? If the, if this does the job, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we never do get to see what happens to our quarries in that game. Um, That's true. Maybe it's maybe it's even worse than that. Yeah. Oh. Oh no, Lord Daka. Oh boy. Sorry. Um, we get to see <laughs> the Imperial troop transports as well from uh, Rebels, uh, which is cool. We get to see those live. Yeah. They commandeer they, one they of those them... on the facility. Yeah, they called them MTACs, right? I think so. I yeah. Think. I looked it up on the Wikipedia and it said like M or I T T. I'm not sure. Okay. I tried to look up. Transport? Yeah, I tried yeah. to look up like MTACs and I couldn't. I couldn't find anything. So I was like, I don't know what like. What's the designation for this thing? We don't know. Oh. It'd be mobile personnel armored carrier or something like that. You'd think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was cool to see that. I'm loving to see all like the the animated uh, ships make their way into live action. It is so right. much fun. We get the um, with the last episode with Bo-Katan, we get the uh, what's it called? Ship, the Imperial ship. Oh, the Gazanti. Gazanti. Yeah. We get the um, the MTAX or the Imperial troop transport, whatever it's called. And then we also yeah. get Noma. You were super happy about this. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I, I, I just kind of said it in the last episode as as just the thing I would like to see. And then yeah, we were watching the episode and I, I saw the the ship start to appear and I go, oh, that almost looks like an architect. And then I saw the the, the side underside cannons and I went, oh my god, that's an architect. <laughs> You're like, this is everything to me. Oh, it was so nice to see. Yeah, that was it, so cool. Like I didn't know that one because as soon as I saw it, it reminded me of a um, of a Harrower class. 
starter yeah, kind yeah. of thing, and I was like, just because of the like open bit to the wedge mm-hmm. in the in the in at the bow of it, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, why does it? Why is like why does it look familiar? Mm-hmm. Was my whole question in terms of, like that? It looks familiar. It's not this, but hmm. Yeah. Well, well, that was nice. Fun fun fact: the only reason why I remember the architect so well and it's burned into my brain. And if any of our listeners uh, play Star Wars Armada, they'll understand this as well. The Architens is one of the hardest ships to get your hands on right now. <laughs> is it just yeah. hard to buy? Like, you can't find it? it yes, it's it, it rarely restocks. It sells out immediately. And it's a, it's a I think, $30 ship Canadian. But Ooh. you can, if you look for it online on, like, eBay, they sell for, like, $150. Wow. Because okay. yeah, because you basically have to fight scalpers for it as soon as you see them come out. So, I managed to get two architens, and that's all I, I'm aiming for. But basically, yeah, there was like a, a few month period where, where I was desperately scouring for them, <laughs> and now that name and that ship design are burned into my brain. <laughs> nice. Speaking of being mm-hmm. things burned into our brains, uh, we do get a statue of IG Eleven um, into the back of a scene when they're trying to when they're entering the school. Um, in the back there, you see a picture or a statue of ig-11 with his gun in the air in like a memoriam i guess of ig-11 sacrificing himself uh in season one at the end there mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was pretty cool as a nice little nod mm. we i actually didn't see that at first and then i was going through twitter today and uh just looking through and see what people found including the guy mm-hmm. in the background with the jeans in the watch <laughs> um, but yeah we see the statue of ig-11 which is a really cool little easter egg um if, mm. you're, if you're looking for it yeah, and and if anyone's not aware about the Gene guy we're talking about, there there's a scene when uh, Mando and crew are are escaping from the facility where they they're pulling out their guns, and yeah, there's a guy that you can see in the background behind them who's just very clearly in normal clothing. Yeah, he's like one you of the just, sound guys, can, probably. Yeah, probably. You can just see like the side of him, so you you can't actually see his face or anything. This is like his arm, his leg, there. and that's about it. Yeah. Um. See, speaking speaking of that though, like we um. We were talking last episode about just being like, you know, it'd be interesting to see another episode where, like, there's a, like, like the prison ship all over again kind of thing. And we kind of got a bit of that with this, I found, where it was like, you know, they tried to show them, like, how big the facility was. But like, every time they made it, they turned a corner, it was like another transition, and they're walking down another hall, and then they turn a corner, and then another transition. Like, you know, like, although you could be walking around, like, around two sets or three sets or anything like that, they, they're constantly going, which makes it seem like go on forever. Yeah. So, really like, cool. these guys, like, built this installation in, and it was like okay yeah how are we gonna blow this place up it was really fun i liked this the siege it was really really interesting mm-hmm. uh oh. sabotage job although speaking of that this isn't a criticism i just thought it was funny that was the shortest siege i've ever seen in my life it's what happens when you have uh, <laughs> right? three people who or four people who know what they're do- three people who know what they're doing and one person that doesn't know what they're doing <laughs> yeah right? more of the strike than the siege yeah Ex- yeah right it was yeah. It was basically a blitz. Yeah. Uh, more than the, although I guess it was a, a siege. You are you know attacking an enemy fortress basically. Yeah. But <laughs> speaking of I... enemies, <laughs> we yes, have yeah. something at the end of the episode where Gideon is in this like staging room and we see these sets of armor that are like covered and like you can only see the side of them and they're pretty big. Like they're mm-hmm. bigger than a person, um, at least him. And people are, like, working on them a little bit. And uh, what they kind of look like are dark troopers. 
Yes, specifically, I immediately thought they were Phase 3 Dark Troopers. Which is awesome, because we kind mm. of got to see something similar to the Dark Troopers in uh, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, I've first remembered them from uh, one of the episodes with <clears throat> the uh, Hondo Anaka and Ezra are like raiding an Imperial transport. And uh, they come across these things called DT Series Sentry Droids, which are basically like, what, Stage 1 or... Stage two. Uh, phase two. Those ones are phase two. Yeah. Phase two dark troopers. Um, and they start to fight with them and they have to leave because they're too powerful. Um, but Noma, you said you remembered another uh, section of Rebels where we had. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, actually, I actually completely forgot about the Wycanthu job. The, the moment that sticks out the most to me is after that episode, we see that Thrawn has uh, a couple that he uses as sparring partners, basically. Yeah. That's pretty cool. If you can spar against these droids, that's uh, that's telling people how how badass you are. It, it's it, ironically though, I still can't really see Thrawn fighting dark troopers. Yeah. That that scene always seemed kind of weird to me. New Cara Dune, I could see her fighting dark troopers. <laughs> yeah. But Thrawn's. I mean, something... don't forget, it is canon that Thrawn fought like some hand to hand and then stick to stick master on Cor. Uh, sorry, not Coruscant. That's something I want to say as well. <laughs> Imperial Center. Uh, the That's fact true. that they're calling it Coruscant again is another, like you were saying, how they're opening up the galaxy again, because that was a great way to put it, because, yeah. you know, everywhere you went, it'd either be like, Coruscant, no, what are you talking about? That's Imperial Center. Like, that's, it's it's no longer, it no longer has its name that is associated with the Old Republic kind of thing. Yeah. And not everything's back. It's just like, <laughs> Imperial Center, get out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. We get Dark Troopers, so hopefully we get to see those in action, and yeah. they do talk about how they have, a, like, a beacon on his ship now, a tracking beacon on mm. Din's ship. So they're going to oh, be also... following him in, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, so just jumping back to the Dark Troopers real quick, because Dan, I don't know how much about uh, Dark Troopers you know, because that was um, Dark Forces. Dark That's Forces. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because, yeah, the reason I think they're Phase 3 is because there's three phases to Dark Troopers. Uh, phase 1 are just giant, sad battle droids. Like, they're just, it's just a metal frame with a shield and a sword. Mm. And... So whatever they, I've never seen, they've never I've never seen those in new canon. I don't really need to. Phase two is definitely from uh, Dark Forces and then Rebels. The Rebels they have got an updated design. They look slightly different, but yeah, that's just supposed to be a larger, a giant battle droid with a jetpack and a blaster. But Phase three Dark Troopers are supposed to just be uh, like two, one or two heads taller than a stormtrooper. Super commandos. Yeah, super commandos. So they've got inter, uh, basically external shielding, uh, armor plating uh advanced ai centers and basically a heavy uh gatling blaster that's a, a original phase three dark troopers though these ones might be different but uh dan you also had four. they could be or like a phase 3.5 or just you know mm -hmm. new reimagining because the the dark troopers from dark forces don't like don't look like the dark troopers from rebels so you know there's been some design shifts but uh dan you also had a really interesting idea for the phase these new phase three dark troopers that i was like that i could see that which was that these phase three dark troopers might have Beskar plating. Yeah. Because oh. we were talking about all the ones they confiscated. Yeah, because they mm -hmm. confiscated in the season one, we saw um, the client uh, who's played by um, Werner. Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Thank you. Give yeah. me a second. Um, and he had a lot of Beskar that was able to make full armor set for Din um, with what he, what he was paid for the job. And so if that was like just a small payment to him. Like, they must have more. And there was only a limited number of these troopers in the hallway in the Architens. So there's, I don't know, maybe, like, what, 20 of them, 30 of them? 
And Maybe. if they confiscated enough armor from all these Mandalorians and like got all this Beskar, they could totally melt that down into armor plating for these things, which would make them very much um, hard to kill or hard to take down because you need to get mm-hmm. in between the joints to get those things. Because like Beskar can withstand lightsaber attacks, can it not? Yeah, and, and blaster bolts. Like, how do you take these things out? You'd See, have to like basically take them out at the joints or like make them like explode. I guess if you could even get that close. Right, that's mm-hmm. the thing. There's many of them. They're huge. So Beskar plating on these things would be very cool and a, an interesting um, kind of um, plot point going forward because then Din would want to take these things down to take all that Beskar back. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you know Bo-Katan and everybody. I feel like they're gonna have the fight with with these droids for sure. Now we could be completely wrong and those could be just See, armor sets for mm-hmm. troopers. Like it could be just a new type of trooper. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. But the armor was completely black. That's now, what we do know. I saw, I saw a theory, which I, I enjoyed, but then I extrapolated on it a bit. So, uh, somebody was thinking, you know, why, did, why are they doing all these M count tests and we saw clearly what looked like clones when they were running through into mm. that science lab and everything. So if they're making, you know, super clones for this Dark Trooper project, and let's say throughout the Mandalorian, you know, it fails. But this could be, uh, and sorry, the, the theory was that, you know, they're using and trying to use that. So like if they're force imbued, maybe Gideon is like lightly force sensitive. So he'd be able to like really control these um you know what would be very These guys out on the thing. Okay. See, well, I, I had a sorry, keep going, but I, I had a different theory as well. With the that. lot where where I jumped to was like, okay, what if this is like the proto prototype for what becomes the Sith trooper in like Episode Nine and all that stuff? Yeah, it could be definitely okay. um, because they have force powers or something or force sensitivity. Do they not? Yeah, I think they were force sensitive. Um, the one thing I was just thinking when you were talking about like Gideon there is. What if he's actually Mandalorian? And that's why he has a dark saber and has so much meaning behind it for him to have it. And like, you know what I mean? Like maybe he he is he used to be a part of Mandalore because there were some Mandalorians that did join the empire. Yeah, we saw I, that I call in, it in Rebels. It's imperial loot and sh- uh like what what's the Borderlands thing? Looter, looter shooter? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what the Empire went and did. Okay, cool thing. It's mine now. Okay, first off, oh, like, come oh, on. Sorry, yeah. sorry. before you, you get there, I just want uh, one more thing just with what you were talking about, about the, the theories with the uh, test subjects. Yeah. Because, yeah, Sith Trooper, uh, that's an interesting one. I hadn't thought about that because uh, my thought, my first thought was, this is like the phase one or phase zero trials for either Palpatine's episode nine body or Snoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just kind of, you know, either one of those three things. Because a failure could be like, you know, you don't harness the, the emperor's probably, you're still pretty decent. Right. And we don't really have force sensitives in the galaxy as much. So yeah, yeah. sure. And Oma and I talked about this right after watching it. And uh, mm. when he brought up the Palpatine thing, I, I flashed back to when I was reading or listening through the Rise of Skywalker novelization. Yeah. And immediately, apparently like it, it flashbacks to like Palpatine and his like thing at the beginning where he mm-hmm. dies in episode six and then his soul gets taken to this other body. And it's like mm-hmm. immediate, like when his body dies in episode six, his soul gets transferred to his new body, which is we see in episode nine. Mm. So it's like 
that took place six years before this. So they might be trying to like, like Noma said, trying to perfect like the Palpatine cloning process, mm-hmm. or they might be trying to like clone force sensitive children. Like we don't really know. It's, it's, there's a lot up in the air with this cloning thing. And like what we saw in those tanks looked pretty like aberration. Like they looked very um, grotesque Wrong. and like yeah. mutated um, and like fail experiments. So <laughs> this isn't Camino. Yeah, right. We do know that they're trying to inject or transfuse the child's mm-hmm. blood into these test subjects. Yes. And it's not working. That's what we do know. So what are they trying to do with that? We don't know. Well, um, I read I read something interesting too, where it's just like, you know, because the force has a will of its own, it's like it will actively work against you for some things. Like mm-hmm. when the cloning. dark side yeah, like there were there were some things where in the Plagueis novel, for example, he he's about to, he's talking with um, uh, Jedi who started the clone project and then they killed him. What's his name? You know his uh, name? Yes. Yeah. 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 He's about to tell him something. And then um, Jocasta New starts walking up and he's trying to say it. And for whatever reason, like he says, like, I'm trying to say it and the words won't come out. My throat starts to close up. It's literally like the dark side is preventing me from saying anything right now. So it's just like little things like that where it's just like, yo, you're trying to artificially like do what we do with the, like imbue the force in the children and stuff like that. You're trying to do that for yourselves. No, no, no. All you'll get is failure. And it happened with Palpatine too, to a certain extent. And I guess this is legends now, but like, um, he was he was doing the cloning process and stuff like that, but mm. every every time he'd do it, either the body would become really old, really like it would age like in seconds, and just die, or there'd be some complication with it and it wouldn't last long. So mm. there was nothing viable for him to go into at that point. So it was just like everything about it was like, yeah, you cannot do this because. And he eventually stopped because like until I don't know, he stopped for some reason and then he picked it up again and it worked but he was like yeah no uh he stopped doing it because he's like this is basically the force telling me no mm-hmm. and he's just like yeah the dark side is saying like no you can't do this so uh, there was yeah. just it's just interesting to see like like it's failing and it's, and it's constantly failing it's just like yeah because you can't because the force won't and at this point it. too does, <laughs> and, does gideon have any interest in the empire like the not the empire but the emperor like uh, as far as he's aware we don't know he's probably dead mm-hmm. right um, Again, he's probably just another one of the warlords, right? At this point, yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. And I think he has more interest in the, the Mandalorian, like society and the child. Like for whatever reason, like there's something there with the dark saber. Like, you know why what? does he have that? We know that he was part of this, the Night of a Thousand Tears on Mandalore or whatever it was, mm. Um, mm. but we don't know the specifics. See, yeah. from what you mentioned earlier, and even earlier than that as well, where. Maybe he's not Mandalorian, but he definitely is a warrior of some kind of thing in his mind, like how the Kalish were. And, yeah, um, maybe he's from another know, planet that's like, like war. Like the Lasat versus, um, I, I keep wanting to call him full Callus, uh, right? Mm. Like you get another one of those like Imperials who's just like about that, like you know, I I'm Imperial, but I, I 
I want to fight. I want to like show my dominance or whatever like that. I want to be a warrior kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see it with him. I mean, like, look at him. He's getting his troops ready. He has the blade. He's he's there in front of the. He's pulling the regular imperial commander kind of thing when he's like get ordering them to blast down the cantina in the at season one. Mm-hmm. But like even even then, it's just like you know he cuts himself out of his ship and just stands there being just like, you can't kill me. I am too warrior for you. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't die in that crash. Like that is, right? that is <laughs> like, they're intense. all like, what? He didn't die in the crash. No, he's dead. No, he's not. Yeah, they, dead. they find oh, out God. in this episode that he's alive. They they thought That's he true, was yeah. dead. Right. And then they're like, Oh no, that recording was three from three days ago. So he's still alive, which is actually something that I wanted to bring up to um, talking about the episode is um, at the point when they find that out, Din's like, mm-hmm. Oh no, that means, I need to go save the child. Like, I need to go get the child. And then they're like, okay, you, uh, Cara Dune says, you go use your jetpack because it's faster, which is why he takes off. And then he mm. goes to Navarro, picks up the child, picks up his ship, and then comes back. So that is actually something that's kind of said, but we, we missed it the first watch through. Um, it's true. It just That, that just shows me that the, the jetpack has a lot more fuel than I thought it did. Yeah, right. Because right? he, as yeah. he's flying up and then... I think he like puts it into like second gear or whatever mm. for when he's up, when he's out of the facility and he like, just takes right off. Just, yeah. Cause he just, he just hits it and it, it just sends him through. And I was like, Oh my God. And we see, we see Mando's flying in like stuff like that, where like in midst of like battles with like troop mm. transports and stuff like that, they're flying throughout and they're doing all sorts of stuff. And it's just like, okay, yeah, but we've never seen one gun it. Another thing I want to say, too, is the Razor Crest dogfight was so cool. When he goes up at the end and, like, does the air brakes and then turns the ship around and takes out the uh, last TIE fighter, oh, my God. Mm. I was, uh, like, I was so happy with that scene. It was beautiful. I couldn't be because the entire time, as soon as he pulled... Like he hit the brakes on it. I'm just like, and I'm thinking like, if you pull that in squadrons, you'd be dead. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you and can then, do a drift in squadrons, so. <laughs> yeah, and then he he kind of and then he falls and then he starts to do the spin. And again, I can't take it true because all I can hear is young Anakin. I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. Yeah, that's a neat trick. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and so the entire time I'm just watching like, and you're gonna get him, huh? And he's not gonna be able to hit you because you're spinning. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it, man. Okay. It was I mean, so. Good. And then. Let's be real. He's not able to hit him because he's an Imperial. Yeah, that's also true. (laughs) And God, and that was like at the end of all the little things in the episode. I was just like, ugh. Like, I'm into it. I'm into it. And then, ugh. I'm into it. (laughs) And it was happening. So, like, the first funny thing, again, the beginning where it's like, no, put the red wire where the blue one was. Like, when did he learn what red and blue was? He didn't. didn't That's the problem. (laughs) play with blocks and stuff you figure out what it is nah he's he's been a thief so yeah i mean he did see know. the blue in the egg, the egg container and also with his macarons right his space so, macarons. And that was i knew it was gonna happen but i was really see, I was like are you really gonna pull the force in this the whole classroom just to pull some cookies yeah right you are you are oh, but, oh my but conveniently it, nobody sees it yeah and it was funny because the the whole like I don't really know manners in dealing with other people yet, so I'm just going to ask you for one, just like it's nothing. And I, I really expected her to be like, yeah, here, have one. But then she turned into a brat and was like, no. <laughs> but no, nah, go away. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, he's not going to take that nice. He never listens to anybody. He doesn't no. listen yeah. to Mando, Daddy. think he's going to listen to some kid? Yeah. No. And sure, yeah. sure enough, just like, you hear the force sound. just like, if if he's willing to commit infanticide, I don't think some someone saying yeah. no is going to stop him from dessert, right? right? 
<laughs> and then the audacity to just be like, yeah, they are good. Staring at her with the dirt pack. I was like, whoa. There's like, got to be something to all of him, like this, the child eating so much. But Like, will he, but, will it grow, like, overnight one day? Like, what's going to happen? Because, like, obviously well, he, or it has a lot of hunger. Out. And it really needs food and didn't doesn't feed it, apparently. <laughs> Actually, I thought he did a really good job of that this episode where he was always eating something. Mm, like he was just like, sure. oh, here, have this, here, have this. We're completely opposite from before when we were basically yelling at him to be a parent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, because he, like, he does puke up at the end of yeah, it. Yeah, that was hilarious. Like, and he like cleans it like, up with his cape. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily anything to do with him being an alien, but like when you were a kid, how many things did you want to shove in your mouth? And like no, that's true. As a, as a kid, like that's a thing. Them, like right? putting things in your mouth like, is like how you test things, right? Like and and you, if it tastes good, great. You're gonna keep eating more. Exactly. And who like you don't know your limits as a kid, so you're mm. gonna eat all the oh candy. Yes, candy. that's why toys. Oh, that's why toys so are meant candy. for certain age groups. <laughs> you know, right. Well, that, that's that's why from where we are, we had that "Don't you put it in your mouth" PSA. Don't right? you put exactly. it in your mouth. Canadians know. So mouth. I'll put that in on the episode here. I'll just splice it in huh. for everybody's sure. uh, <laughs> for everybody's so interest. For that, I'm not gonna do that. Like that's that's not too surprising that he's doing that. It just adds more to it. But then, okay, those were those were like some like, nice things. I was just laughing, but the Appa scene was really nice too. Yeah, with but, Cara Dune and Appa at the end, that was actually yeah, quite interesting. They brought up Alderaan. Can, was interesting too. You can al- you can see the wistfulness on her face, like almost just like you know what? If I didn't have this sweet martial job right now, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't think she has much to fight for anymore. Really, is what her exactly? Thing it's is. just like, like it's her, every, she said everything's gone. He's like, did did you lose anyone? And she says, I lost everything, everyone. and everyone, yeah. right? Like it, it was pretty heavy. Um, but I don't know. I guess he put like a, a me- like a medal of valor or honor on the, the table. service medal, maybe. Could be. I don't know. But yeah, it was interesting because she kind of focused on it for a minute and was smiling at the end there. Noma, mm. have you ever watched Arrested Development? Oh, yeah. So, see, this, this is my problem. I cannot... Carl Weathers, I cannot see in any other role other than what he was in Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> so when people are like keeping praise and stuff on him and everything like all i can all i can hear was just like is, is there a bone in that oh <laughs> take that home you have a big soup later and that's that's all i see so from the first episode when he's talking when he's talking with din in in the cantina and talking about the money i'm just, just like what you're gonna scam him out of this dude's getting up more food <laughs> like i can't I, I can't take him seriously and it's a detriment it's yeah, a detriment because right? I I, I want to truly listen to every oh it's great episode great episode I'm just like are you, uh, you know, he's like, not gonna take these Monte Calamari flans you know you can boil them down if you don't need to spend them <laughs> yeah. exactly make a tasty dish and, and I I'm so mad that I can't unsee him that way because for example in this episode there there are little things little things and there it might just me being that me being pedantic or anything like that but it's like he comes up. And what was he's, he's like messing with the baby and everything like that, or the child, and he's going out and making all these noise, and then like carries it off. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 hang on, you're letting this guy carry it off <laughs> after he tried to shoot you and take it and bring it back? You, what? Right. <laughs> and you're cool with this? No, no. So that was the first little like, hmm. It's like, are you trying to paint yourself in a good light? Because you know all I can think about is you and soup. Okay. <laughs> 
it's, it's it's really unfair to him, and I understand that, and I know that, and I accept that 100%, but this is what was going through my head the entire time. And so yeah. when they get to the... When they get to... He does some regular stuff. He There's one part where Mithral and everybody else... And I say even Mithral because everybody hits somebody and he's back behind the, behind the, oh God, oh, oh I'm going to take a shot now. Oh, no, I'm going to duck my head back down. And then Mithral just, because his left eye is all messed up, right? He just kind of blind fires and snipes two guys. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so seeing that, I was like, how No one said Grief, Grief Cargo was a good shot. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. See, and then, so that just adds more to this, like, oh yeah. It's like I I don't think I want to I don't want you as an acting coach anymore. <laughs> and then and then and then and then they get into the they get into the troop transport, right? Mm-hmm. And they they crash Mithral's car, which is again, that is that is I don't understand that physics at all. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a heavy machine that crushed it. No, not the fa- the fact that how far it fell from, and they were both like, wait, what are you doing? Yeah, and, like, and the, the, the transport didn't just pancake. When you know, you, like, what? I don't care how reinforced or whatever you, you have does. Like, you are moving at a good clip. Well, it has, it has like, repulsors on the bottom. I don't know. They didn't use them. I mean, they're, they were, <laughs> yeah. they're on they automatically, are they not? They're on the other side, pushing it down further. <laughs> like, there was nothing on the top of it, because it flipped over after that and then kept going. And I was like, that is fun. Okay, fine. The transport's fine. You inside should be flattened at that point. Mm-hmm. I didn't see CPU. I didn't see nothing. Physics and fantasy fine. does not work. Right? <laughs> it's like one piece. Does not because work. Then, because then you see the scout troopers do it right after them, and they're getting into yeah. all kinds of hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? They, start, they start hitting each other and they explode. It's like, oh, yeah, so, 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 so bad for that. It was just like, so God, it was... Yeah, it was hilarious when we were watching the episode because as they deployed, they were going down the mountain, and I oh, yeah. literally I opened my mouth and started to say to Dan, I was like, "I am ama- these are great scout like scout troopers because I'm amazed awesome none of them." Shot. And as soon as I said that, they clipped <laughs> the two of them clipped each other and exploded. I was like, oh man, oh. this is so cool! And <laughs> I was like, "Oh, never mind. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "It's like there it is." I knew it was coming. Yeah, I was but like, then, oh, these scout troopers are better than the other. No, they're not. Okay. <laughs> And then this is a big thing for me, all right? This mm. thing is an Imperial troop transport. Maybe, and it's a heavy maybe, Kara during the war or something like that may have like had to like, maybe it's standardized, maybe it's not. I don't know, like you could just jump into anybody's car and start driving it kind of thing. Mm. That's one thing. But this argument takes me back to like the episode seven thing where Ray jumps into the Falcon and can fly it like a fucking ace. Like it's no problem when it's that's, supposed to be one of the most point. difficult things to fly. Mm-hmm. But Grief now, who I think he has even less of a chance of ever being in one other than like, you know, captured to get sent to some camp or whatever at this point where it's like, and I don't mean that in any specific way. I just mean like, you know, Imperial like. Slave camps or, yeah, yeah. or camps or, or camp. like that. We, we yeah. know they were doing that with Wookiees and stuff. So yeah. Exactly, right? So it's just like, you know, you wouldn't have gotten into one. But he's like, oh, man the guns. And everybody always says that. And in, in some things, I'll use the Falcon again. You get in there and it's just the targeting computer and the blasters. That's it. Because mm. the ship's already going everything. It was very back. much similar to the, uh, the Falcon's targeting systems and the X-Wing targeting systems. Really cool. Now, yes. I like that. But, but, before he even puts hands on that, he gets in and starts flipping a bunch of switches. And I'm starting to hate 
how anybody going into stores anything oh it's like oh to turn this we gotta flip this this i think it's like driving a car though like if i drive like a toyota corolla and then i start driving my ford escape and then i start driving like a ferrari like there's enough in common that you are I'm able sorry, to like, turn a car. You on. have a laser blaster at the back yeah, of your I was, car. But I mean I switches. That, I mean, like you know difference. what I mean. Like, well, yeah, but, no. but what Ed's saying is the difference between like yes, you can drive a Toyota and a Corolla and a Honda, but you've never been a gunner and a Hummer before. Exactly. But the, like, the, they also the the thing is like we don't know his past. He could have totally been. He's a disgraced magistrate. He totally could have had a ship that had guns on. Okay, before, no, no, right? no, no, like, no, no, no. I gotta on. stop you right there because you're you're pulling 2015 Disney, where we don't know, we don't know. <laughs> You've had it doesn't. But I mean, like literally everybody in because... Star Wars has some experience with a gun if they have had a ship. Usually, unless they're a freight Maybe. transport, they probably don't have experience with the guns. Unless, but they're... if he's just the guy getting flown everywhere and everything like that, right? Where it's just like, okay, yeah, May- and then I I'm not saying that he has. That's fair. That's right? fair. Maybe maybe he's jumped into one before, but they're not all the same. And this is Imperial. And would, how many times has he gotten a chance to use an Imperial tech? But I would say, like, if you were to use, yeah, like, the guns on, like, a, like, the guns on a Falcon, the Millennium Falcon versus the guns on this thing. Like, they're similar enough that you could probably figure it out. Okay, but I'm, I'm saying at this point I now, know, it's I just know. like, it's like, okay, on the Republic ships, what if the switches are on the left versus the right? That's fair. Mm. You know, I, I like, feel like it's no, nitpicking, but yeah, no, it, it makes sense. It it is, but the fact that we see it so much, and it, it's not just seeing it so much, but seeing people who have no business being in a ship that they are in, and knowing how to do everything without, like, yes, the the driving off the cliff was deliberate, so it wasn't a crash, and I won't call it that. And mm. from then, yeah, they're struggling and everything like that, but she's doing just fine. I mean, I can. I'm just going to bring up episode one with Anakin in the pod racer and Anakin in a Naboo starfighter. <laughs> no, see, and that, but that has, explained... if that can happen, this can happen. No, 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 no. See, cause that has explained background in the damn movie. They say he's crashed a bunch before. They say mm. he knows how to fly one. He's the only human who can do it. No, on but, I mean like because... going from like a pod racing machine, like a car racer versus like a, a military vessel. That's, meant to shoot down yes sure, but how, how many times have you heard yeah he has arcs helping yeah. him and he's just he's just going with it as he he's using the force literally well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna use that i'm gonna yeah. use that because that that can apply to him because <laughs> i he's love just this like, conversation oh. well see I, I was see i was gonna I'm, say how many how many times have you heard someone defend yes anakin flung then the boo starfighter was a great part of the movie i, I don't think anybody kid. i was seven years I'm, old i'm but i'm not defending yeah, it yeah. i'm just saying it's plausible because he's treating it the entire thing like a pod. He says this is just like, or this is pod racing. Now, he wait, says this is pod racing. And he's treating it like that. Yeah. He may have some blasters, but he's not firing them because he tells R2 to do it. Mm. Well, he kind of misdoes it at the beginning when he sees the two big red buttons and pushes them like yeah. any other kid would at that point, right? She's so like, oh, okay, these are blasters. But he didn't just go in and start doing it right away. How the hell is he going to know how to do that? Ed, my favorite right? part of these episodes no, are I... your rants. I love it. <laughs> well, so, no. so what, Ed, what, what Ed's basically saying is it, it's it's the difference between at least having some sort of setup that they have the, some, you know, even, even a similar grasp of skills. Yes. Which episode one does versus Mandalorian where – and yes, yes we might not know, but at least give us that setup beforehand, right? Exactly. Do you need like, to show like, him just driving a ship, though, for him to... No, 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 no. See, that's not what I'm saying. He can throw out some 
BS line like, oh, this reminds me of doing this mm. back in the blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Done. Or, I or like, yeah, I, I hope the gun, I hope the, like, you know, man the guns. And then Grief says, well, you better hope these controls are like a X. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I That's all that. I'm asking. Because that gives you like, okay, you've done this before. If you, if you kind of like shift around with it in the beginning or you hit these, okay, you've done this before because it's the thing that you remember cool mm. but no you just get back there and start flipping switches on the thing and then you sit down and start doing this i mean completely I was... fair his aim is just as bad on the turret as it is on the the dock oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> his, oh, yes. his aim let is me, awful let me get to that my friends because oh god <laughs> oh god spinning the spinning around thing i'm like i i recognize that from all the other things but do you really need a full spinning around chair in a, in a troop transport really <laughs> I mean, it really? was pretty awesome but, when he turned around and he shot the guy right off the top and it exploded. Okay, I am getting to that because there is too much that happens before that. First was the whole... Now, whenever you need to move or anything like that and you're listening to some military mover, movie or anything and somebody needs to get you tell you to get away, what are the two lines you hear most? I, I don't want to say it yet. I want you guys to say it. Noma, you first. If somebody says like, "Oh no, we got we got this behind us," and you yell out I'm, something like evasive, evasive maneuvers, maneuvers yeah. Is, yeah, thank you. That's one of them. What's another one? They did say that. Nah. He said, "Hey, get, uh, get evasive." That, 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 that. <laughs> what What do you think another one is from everything you've heard, barring this episode? Uh, no idea. Gonna use cover. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, the second one, I'm not 100 percent sure of. Uh, okay. Okay, that's that's fine. My point is being made here because you you'll either hear you know take evasive maneuvers, mm. go evasive. That's what he says. No, yes, he, he says does. take evasive. That's the same thing. It is not. It's an <laughs> incomplete thing. It's like take saying, evasive. Take evasive. What? <laughs> oh my That's God. what I would be. Yelling you are nitpicking crazily. Right oh, now. does I he just it. say take evasive? I thought he said yes. take evasive maneuvers. No, he just no, he says he take, take evasive. evasive. Yeah. Uh, that's weird. <laughs> And this is the thing where this was one of those moments, like I said before, where it's like, okay, you're getting me, you're getting me, you're getting me. Ugh. Like that was one of those moves. It's like take See, evasive. I what? didn't even hear that because I auto-completed in my head take evasive <laughs> maneuvers. And that's it. I feel like a bunch of people wouldn't. It's just like, no. It's like the kids no, nowadays just... making things super short, you know? And text messages like, and stuff. Yeah, it's like right? that kind of stuff. That's butchery at yeah. that point. And I know I'm being harsh, and I know I'm nitpicking like crazy. But mm. again, remember, I put the disclaimer in about I only see this as Arrested Development failed Carl Weathers coming <laughs> to do something like this. And it's like, what are you doing? Stop. And I oh, mean, like, I, no, I, I think these nitpicks are legit because, you know, if, if it was, if it was something like the sequels where we know that none of this stuff is planned. Well, we don't know, but it basically tells us that this isn't really planned and these people don't know as much about Star Wars as they say they do. Mm -hmm. Then that's one thing, right? But we're talking about the same universe where this episode, we got the, granted, amazing detail of the fact that Din's carbonite freezing chamber isn't as safe as the ones on Cor on Cloud City, right? Yeah, sorry, Bespin. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's almost a Coruscant. But so in something like this, yeah, it's, it's like... 
you know, this isn't something where, where we're going to be like, oh, now now I think Jon Favreau's a hack and all oh, the Mandalorian's garbage. No, it's it's not that, obviously. We still love this show. Yeah. But it's just it's just the little things that, that kind of, you know, drag you out of it a little bit. And, and, and it's the... the Sorry, go, oh, ahead, sorry. Go, ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's, it's the same kind of thing as, uh, you know, our 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 review of episode two, or of episode, I'm just going to call it episode two, I can't remember what episode it is, you know, Ice Caves, Ice Caves yeah, episode, yeah. where it's like, this isn't going to make me hate The Mandalorian, but it is definitely like the weakest episode out of them so far, right? Yeah. And like... So it's nitpicking with love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's it. Because I get... I know I keep saying like oh I'm drawn in I'm drawn in ugh, but it's like it's because I want to enjoy and I'm mm-hmm. I'm like I'm so focused and you have all my attention and like it's undivided I am paying attention so you can't get away with something like that at that point because it's gonna it's gonna bother me because I'm not gonna let it go and then I'm gonna be focusing on that while still trying to focus and it's gonna throw me off more of the episode and the more of these that keep piling up the more thrown off I get so by the end of it when I'm when somebody asks me oh how's that episode man and I'm going <laughs> but you know it's like it's like it won't be it's not gonna be that way for you you're gonna be like mm. oh yeah that was great and that's I me totally that's get me. that I totally <laughs> get that it's it's I yeah it's the exact same thing you get in all the things that I would say all the things that you brought up that are like the small things that really like irked you a bit. Mm-hmm. I would say I can a hundred percent. And I did overlook those things. Like I got to say the, the go evasive caught me off guard, but I was like, eh, okay, whatever. Because everything else in this episode, no, I see, you said it right it. again. You said it right again. You still, you're still correcting your, what, whatever, whatever the, whatever the phrase, take, take evasive, yeah. take whatever. Evasive. <laughs> anyway, the other things in this episode, to me, made up for that. Like, we got Dark Trooper, like, all the other things. I wasn't really focusing on the, the small things. Like, I didn't even notice the guy in the background with the watch and the jeans. I didn't even notice the IG-11 statue, which was awesome. The, the small things like that really just kind of overshadow the things that, and that see, you're kind of complaining about a little bit, right? Like, it's just, they are small. They and, are, And you know what? They are, they are frustrating for people, for sure. Because it's like small things that you could just change on a like a quick whim, just by a little bit of a rewriter or something See, to make them a little bit but, more clear. And that's the thing, and that's the heart of what actually gets to me a bit. Right, is because it, I am the enjoying detail. the episode and I am doing all that, and you've already shown through the series you pay attention to detail. So when something like this comes up and I, it hits me so starkly in the face, right. I can't not look at it. Exactly. That's that's more of my issue. I'm not just bitching the bitch. It's, it's no, I know you're not. Like, I know you're not. It's yeah, just, I'm just it's saying for me, all like, the other things just kind of way up, yeah. way off these other and, things. And it's just like I can still appreciate those things, but I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna criticize because yeah. then that that I'm lying at that point, and I'm, there's no point. Well, I'm I I don't lie and say I liked episode eight. I like the throne room fight, kind of. <laughs> But yeah, no, yeah. that's fair. I, I, right. You know, it, it's, it's, like, it's, yeah, credit where credit's due and exactly. criticism where criticism's due. Exactly. And it's just like, yes, like everybody, it's like everybody can say, like, oh, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great. It's like fantastic, fantastic. But you also need to see, like, you know, you still have stuff to work on. Mm. I, I just have one other thing I wanted to jump back to, sure. which was uh, we talked uh, before uh, the slight break that we talked about the metal. And I was kind of. Metal? I might be looking too much into it. Yeah, the the metal that Appa gives uh, oh, Kara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of I was kind of curious about that because I I originally I was like oh it's kind of weird he just kind of gives her a medal, and then I was thinking later on like what if that's 
actually more like a like it could still be a medal, right? Service for, to the rebellion, but also if it also acts as like a badge for Kara, mm. where it's like, hey, you're Marshal of Navarro. Here's a little thing that also says, by the way, you've got re uh, Republic support. Yeah, that's true. I was even thinking as you were saying that, like, what if it's a tracking beacon? Oh, that'd be cool. Find the Razor Crest, figure out what's going on, and they come in on the battle with uh, the Empire. That'd be cool. Oh like yeah, well that'll, that'll tie in. That yeah, that would tie into the speculation that we've got. Yeah. Uh, so cool. yeah, actually, yeah, let let's let's seamlessly slide into that because. Uh... <laughs> so Ed, you were talking about something called or a song that you were talking about earlier um, before we recorded. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so one of the big things for like, and this is this is going to Legends territory a bit, mm. uh, but that's where we have most of our what we know about Mandalorians, right? Um, and while they were, while the clones were being trained by the Kui Valdar in, on Camino, um, some of them were like Kal Skarada and all of them were training them in the Mandalorian ways. And for some of that stuff, they had, they had songs like the Gratu Akun and the Vodayan, uh, second one meaning brothers all. Uh, but at that point, you know, it showed that, like, here, we're teaching you how to fight like this, and we're teaching you the culture as well. So there are a lot of, there are a lot of clone squads who, you know, had that belief, and then there were some, like, Republic commandos who did, weren't trained like that, so didn't know. Mm. And it just goes to show, like, you know, how seriously, even though they were exiled and everything like that, they were still holding on to these traditions and passing them on to these kids or trainees at that point, right? And so if these guys are now children of the Watch and stuff like that, we didn't hear much of it in the Clone Wars, but this is a good chance, especially when talking with the history and what we believe in and this is the way and everything like that. How is that not part of it? Or how could that not be part of it? So that is something that I'm lo very much looking forward to see if it does happen. I'm expecting it to happen. I am hoping very cautiously we did get a little <laughs> bit of mandalorian language in the episode with bo katan when uh he's like they're talking about mandalore and talking about the children of the watch and stuff like that when they find out that he is a child of the watch bo katan mm -hmm. says something on her breath and i actually got it on the subtitle and i looked on it online and it turns out it was like a, a mandalorian curse basically um or saying like oh fuck i'm one of these guys um mm. So I thought that was pretty cool. I think we're going to get a little bit more of the, the language and hopefully some music from Man Mandalorian culture would be fun. Mm -hmm. um, so the next thing uh, we can talk about, I guess, is um, next episode. Um, apparently, it's supposed to be called The Jedi um, and it's written and directed by Dave Filoni, so I'm pretty sure we know what we're getting. <laughs> um, we are hoping to get Ahsoka and possibly Sabine. But we were talking, and maybe we're going to get Luke. You know, this is six years after Return of the Jedi. He's probably, you know, doing his research about um, the Jedi and the Force and everything like that. And, you know, building up his his knowledge and his skills as a Jedi. Uh, maybe we'll see Luke as well. Because, um, as, as we kind of know, like, Ahsoka isn't a Jedi anymore. Um, she's kind mm -hmm. of in the middle of the Force. Um, so I wonder what you would even call her at this point. Would it be? Would she be gray? Because I I think feel like she was gray. Force Jedi adherent. Yeah, I would say yeah, gray. Force Jedi. adherent or Gracie or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to, to think about. Well, because theoretically as well, she spent you know how many years tra uh, trapped or at least training on Malakor. 
Uh, zero, right? because she was rescued by Ezra. No, 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 but then he leaves her there, because no. she wants to go there. No, she, well, she, 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 yeah, she, she's left there when, like, fighting Vader, right? No, no, and then he leaves her there again afterwards. That's why, in, in both of them, we see that she kind of descends deeper into Malachor at the end. Yes, that's at the end of the fight. But yeah, then yeah. later on, we get the world between worlds where Vader's about to strike her down, and he pulls. No, her you're through. you're you're forgetting. You're you're remembering this out of order. So, uh, how it works is he finds her in the world between or in the world between worlds. Yeah. He sees her, pulls her into the world between yep. worlds, and then they run separate ways. Okay. After the Palpatine encounter, and she jumps back through the portal back to Malakor. Oh, and that's why she's walking yeah. down into the temple. Yeah. Exactly. Right. That's why. That's why in season two we see that last shot of her walking down into the right, temple. Right. 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 Yeah. That's right. Thank and, you. And and we yeah no worries. And so we don't know how she got off the planet. That's the the big thing, right? Is we're not was sure there, how she got off Malakor. Was there still a Vader's tie, maybe, or even the Inquisitor ties? Because there was a few Inquisitors there. Yeah. The, theoretically, yeah. Theoretically, Vader's tie wouldn't be there, but. Yeah, there would have been two extra Inquisitor ties. It'd be interesting there, so. to know what happens because Ezra takes the holo- the uh, Sith holocron, mm. um, and so we yeah we don't really know what happened too much. But we do. The last time we see Ahsoka is at the end of Rebels, and she is wa- look walking away with Sabine, and she's got like a staff and her owl with her. Mm. So and she and, looks more sage like. Exactly, and so to me that tells me that she kind of did something similar to like Kreia where she learned about the light side and now she's learned about the dark side and has kind of, you know, found combined knowledge of both now. Yeah. yeah. Found that middle gray area. I could totally see her pulling like a Gandalf, go back to the dark. like a Gandalf from Lord of the Rings where she's like, you know, has the cloak on and stuff like that. And she looks unassuming. And then when she needs to bust out her lightsaber, she's ready to go uh, with her white yeah. lightsabers. Um, it, it'd be, it'd be really interesting if Ahsoka's started to, to dive into one of the, more esoteric force traditions like maybe they find her and she's she's learned about i don't know how i'd feel about them bringing back yuzan vong lore but maybe she's learned about the unifying force maybe or mm-hmm. the binding force or you know something, so something like, at least you know what yeah, fun yeah, if she looked into force. if she remembered more about the um the father the daughter and the son and was doing research into that to find more about Ooh, the living yeah. force that'd be fun because that would be a good callback to rebels and clone wars mm. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll see Sabine and Luke as well. That would be fun. Sabine, I could see for sure because she's Mandalorian. Luke, and, I think it's yeah, a little bit more. We're traveling together, right? Yeah, exactly. Or, um, or to try yeah. and find Ezra, and I think I think Luke would be a fun addition to it. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I I, I just I hope see, Luke would be in this. That'd be fun. Or at least maybe like, like a reference to him would be fun as well because like, I don't see Luke not meeting Ahsoka. At this point, well, so and so that's I, it, because yeah. I I I like that thought because, you know, after the whole war and you hear that you know, oh, Luke was Vader's son or whatever like that I was like, well, you know, technic I could technically be your aunt at this point, because you know, as Anakin's Padawan, he turned into Vader and then all that. It's just like you know, if anybody knew him better than anyone, and you want to learn more about what he was like as a Jedi, he talked to Ahsoka. No, yeah. yeah. Mm. That could be definitely the case. Speaking of Ahsoka, uh, with the tracking chip on the Razor Crest now, the transponder, uh, Gideon is most likely going to be following Din over to where Ahsoka is. Um, and we might have some sort of confrontation with the Jedi and the Empire. 
and possibly Noma brought this up as well with Bo-Katan. She's looking for Gideon. And so she might be following Gideon, who's following Din, to Ahsoka. And, yeah, uh, so, yeah, so I, I kind of put together like a speculation uh, just by seeing all of these elements coming together for what I assume the end of the season is going to be now. And again, all speculation. I didn't work on this season at all. I have no idea what's going on now. I'm, I'm as blind as the rest of, of you guys, which is nice for a change to have no idea what's happening going in. But what I kind of figured from the plot beats is it's going to be, yeah, Gideon is going to be tracking Din. He's going to encounter him at some point. I don't know. I feel like whether or not Ahsoka will be there is going to depend on next episode, how, you know, how much interest she takes in the child and decides whether or not the Jedi should, should train him or not. But regardless of whether or not she's there, if, to me, it seems like it's going to be, you know, Gideon shows up, he attacks Din, Din fights back with whatever help he's got, but then Gideon unleashes his super troopers, whether those are dark troopers or not, they come into the fight and, you know, Din's back is against the wall and it looks like this is the end, kind of like, you know, episode seven of, of last season. And then as all hope looks lost, then Bo-Katan and the Night Owl show up again. And now maybe they've got Mandalorian support because they finally tracked down Gideon. So we get to see more Mandalorian clans come up and kind of swoop in and save the day. Because that does kind of also seem to be a reoccurring theme with uh, John Favreau's style in The Mandalorian so far is he seems to love, not that I have anything against it, he seems to love having Mandalorians show up to save the day, right? We've gotten that in episode three when the rest of uh, Mando's cl or Din's clan shows up. We got that in episode three again of this season where Bo-Katan shows up to save the day twice in that episode. So I feel like story beats make it sound like she's going to show up again at the end definitely to save the day. And then maybe she'll show up with something that could take out the Dark Troopers, which I just thought of this because I can't remember if they're hardened or not in Dark Forces, but maybe Ion Weapons is the best way to take down these guys if they are Dark Troopers. If, yeah, mm -hmm. that'd be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, anything else that we want to talk about for speculation before we uh, round out and uh, wait for the next episode? Mm, not really. There's one little discussion point that, that I forgot about, which I can bring up now. And this is just not even a nitpick. It was just a me going, oh. Yeah, sure. I guess that's a thing. Is we I talked about this briefly in episode one. I thought it was, uh, or with the crate dragon. I thought it was an interesting callback that they had one of the civilians in in the uh, Tatooine city, Moss Pelago. There was one citizen who had Leia's uh, outfit from episode four and kind of kind of the hair buns. And when the when they bring the child into the the classroom, one of the kids who's like whispering with the others like, "Oh, what's that?" I went. Oh, that's the Ray hairstyle. <laughs> with the buns on the back? Yeah, with the, the trouble buns. And I was like, okay, uh, all right. I guess we just have to prove like, oh, no, it's not just a one-off thing. Like, it's, it's 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 a style. It's a style that everybody knows. It's like, all right, yeah, you, you do your thing. Why Try not? and make it more legit by all means. All right. I always have a lot to say, and I'm always going to have a lot to say, whether it be ranting, whether it be praising, whatever it will be, I will have a lot to say. But if you, listening, have a lot to say, then there are ways to contact us, and let us know what's on your mind, and please do, because I don't want to be... I really don't want to be alone. <laughs> You're for, not alone. We're here with you. For, for this rant. We're in this call with you, Ed. We're with you. I need, I need to know that somebody else is, was like the Leonardo DiCaprio point. Be like, hey, that, what is that? No. <laughs> so if you want to 
throw your what is that no to us, you can contact us through email at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. There's our Twitter page with the handle at voiceforcepod. And we retweet a lot on there, but, you know, you can always help out with that. It would be very appreciated because then even more people would see it. Then more people would want to talk to you about it. And that would be a great thing. Find us at voiceoftheforce.com. Beautiful looking website. Definitely go check it out. If you have a certain episode that you think we said something in before, like maybe even last episode, and you want to compare it to what we said now, there's a special page for that. There's there, Everything's so clearly labeled, you will not go wrong on that page. And don't forget to listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Even if it's two seconds, it always helps if you leave a review. Could it be five stars? I think it could. Maybe it could. I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Maybe I think it would be five stars. I don't know. Yeah, we but don't if have you, a bias. What are you talking yeah, about? Man, five stars would be great. I mean. <laughs> but yeah, no, honestly, comments, any constructive criticism, whatever you have to say, if it goes in a comment, it spreads and people see it and more people start to listen. And by taking all that in, we can become even greater than we were before. And if that is something you'd like to see, leave the comment. And that was Ed's Imperial Accent. We love it. Every time. <laughs> accent? <laughs> what do you mean, accent? This is his normal voice. That's how he sounds all the time. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ed. And thank you, Noma, for this awesome episode. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm looking forward to episode, or chapter 13, The Jedi, um, which I hope is what it's called. That'd be fun. And, uh, yeah, I think that does it for this episode, guys. All right. Mm-hmm. This is the way.